Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. pick up our series on the Beatitude tonight, and we are in Lesson 6 with the Beatitudes, amen, Uh, so we certainly uh, look forward to getting back in that. I thank Bishop the other day for teaching, wasn't that teaching on people, the government, the system, and the, the bride? Man, I certainly... Certainly enjoyed that focus on end time. And uh, we're living the last days, brothers and sisters. We're living the last days. Amen. Praise the Lord. So appreciate the blessings of God today. Beatitudes. We're going to pick up at verse 7. This is our focus tonight. And that is, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed, say it with me. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. Lord, we love you tonight, and we thank you, God, for heaven's mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for extending to us your kindness that is beyond just sympathy. Lord, we thank you, God, for mercy. We praise you, Lord, today for your abundant blessing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise God. Turn around and give somebody a high five. And welcome your neighbor into the house of the Lord. Hey, wasn't it great to hear Sister Peggy on the violin tonight? Whoa, yes. Praise God. Uh, (laughs) About time, Bishop says. God bless you. You can be seated. Just to remind you what the Beatitudes are, they are bold statements, radical statements that Jesus uses to introduce the kingdom of God. The Beatitudes serve as a prologue or an introduction to what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. They give a succinct statement saying, this is the culture, this is the ethics, this is the attitude of the kingdom. And I think sometimes we want to jump to different statements in the Sermon on the Mount, but to understand, seek ye first the kingdom of God in chapter 633, I think we need to understand there are some attitudes that go along with that kingdom. Amen. What does it mean to be merciful? Be merciful. Do you think we live in a merciful world? No. Take a quick inventory of ourselves, and let's ask ourselves. 
Am I a merciful person? Am I a merciful person? Living the blessed life requires being merciful, an attitude of being merciful. This is a foreign concept. It was a bold statement that was not popular in that day. Matter of fact, the Romans glorified justice, courage, discipline, and power. But they didn't glorify mercy. They thought mercy was weakness. Matter of fact, there was a custom when a child was born, the father had the right of patra post something. You've probably heard about this custom. It's a Latin word that I cannot pronounce very well. But if he wanted the child to live, he would hold his thumb up like this. If he wanted the child to die, he put his thumb down like that. That doesn't sound like much mercy to me, does it to you? Matter of fact, if he wanted the child to die, they would just simply sometimes just leave it out to be exposed to the elements of the world or outright kill it. Hmm. That's a radical form of, of, of abortion and murder if I've ever seen it. But Romans could also kill their slaves that they no longer wanted. They could legally kill their slave if they didn't want them anymore and kill them. And the slaves had no recourse. Walking one step further, a Roman could kill his wife. He got tired of her, he'd kill his wife. No wonder those Romans were messed up. They had no view of real life, they had no view of mercy. Then you go over to the Jewish leadership, and they were just simply so arrogant and proud and and pharisaical until they operated it with a religion that had no compassion, no mercy. The Romans were brutal, seeking justice and courage and discipline and power without mercy. The, the, the Pharisees and the religious Jews sought religion without mercy. That's a dangerous concoction. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 1, then came Jesus, then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat. But he answered and said unto them, I love how Jesus answers a question with a question a lot of times. Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Mm, that was a slam. Big punch. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die the death. Mm. But ye say... Who shall ever say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father and mother, it shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You see, what the Pharisees were doing, these hardened, prideful people, they were given support to their own parents 
or rather they wouldn't give support to their own parents because they supposedly had committed their money to God. So, mom and dad, I'm not going to take care of you, not going to honor you. i got to take care of the church and take care of these kinds of things. But it wasn't the matter that they were trying to take care of the church. It was a matter that they had voided out a commandment of God. Honor your father and mother. So we had a government system without mercy, a religious system without mercy. And Jesus says, here's what the kingdom looks like. Be merciful. Be merciful. The dictionary says that merciful means to be full of mercy, compassionate, or providing relief. One aspect of mercy in, in definitions by dictionary is forbearance. Webster says mercy is the benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart that disposes to overlook in, injury or treat an offender better than he deserves. The New International Dictionary describes mercy as forbearance from inflicting punishment on an adversary or a lawbreaker. Forbearance, that's a legal term. Refraining from enforcing a debt. Refraining from enforcing a right. Refraining from enforcing an obligation that was due. Refraining from enforcing a tongue lashing that they should get. Refraining from posting about their craziness that they ought to hear about, but that's mercy. The kingdom mercy, though, is not the same as human mercy. We think of human mercy as being sympathetic, having sympathy. Human sympathy, though, can only go so far. The human kind of mercy implies if you are good to everyone, they will be good to you. That's the human understanding of mercy. Really, that's what the Hindus call hard karma. That's not mercy. Karma is not mercy. The Greek word here means a force of action. Blessed are the merciful that have a force of action. To be merciful means to be moved by compassion. To be moved to action. To do something with that emotion. With that feeling. Mercy is an attribute of God. Mercy is an attribute of God. We find that Paul wrote to the Corinthians when he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and a God of all comfort. First, 2 Corinthians 1 and 3. Ephesians writes, But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love which he hath loved us. Uh, uh, Ephesians 2 and 4. His Great mercy. Are you not thankful tonight for the mercy of God? In this text, the word merciful is a noun. It is translated from the Greek, elimon, which is used only twice in the New Testament as a noun. Also in Hebrews chapter 2, in verse 17, it says, And all things that behoove Jesus to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful high priest. Do you see that God has a unique sense of what it means to be a merciful person? 
It is unlike anything the world has. Christ is establishing by this illustration of mercy that he is full of compassion and that he will act on that. Now the verb form of merciful is used many times in the Bible. It means to have mercy on or to help the afflicted or give help to the wretched or rescue the miserable. Only two times it's a noun describing individuals. The rest of the time, it is an action word. I want to tell you that mercy needs to be put in action. I can't just be a merciful person if I don't have compassion and put it into action. Mercy goes beyond a feeling of just sympathy. I feel sympathy or empathy for someone. One man said Matthew 5, 7 doesn't speak of the pity of a selfless person may feel but doesn't act on it. They may feel pity, but they don't act on it. Nor does it, he goes on to say, to speak of a person who salves his conscience by token giving yet indulges his own flesh. True mercy is genuine compassion with pure and unselfish motive that reaches out to help those in need. Jesus meant that the people in his kingdom don't condemn others, but they show mercy. They don't set themselves above others, but they stoop to help others. That is being merciful. We find that you and I wouldn't be saved without God's mercy. You say amen. amen. Paul writes in Titus, he says, according to his mercy, he saved us. He saved us by his mercy. Amen. He wrote to the Ephesians and he said, Our God who is rich in mercy has made us alive. Mercy is present in salvation when God shows up. It is a mercy that allows him to redeem us. We are unredeemable. We are unworthy. We don't deserve one ounce of his atonement. But his mercy says, I'll show up. This man needs help. He was raised a preacher's kid, but he still needs help. Thank God for mercy that shows up when I cannot even have the least bit of worthiness about it. Daniel wrote, he said, to the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness. Psalm 130 and verse 1, let's look at that. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? If we got what we deserved, that would be none of us here tonight. But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Then he says, let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy. And with him is plenteous redemption. I'm glad that we serve a God whose mercies are new every day. 
Praise be to God, I feel like I may have used up mercy yesterday. But this morning, it started with a whole new batch of abundant, wonderful, glorious, beautiful, compassionate mercy. Every mistake that I could have made, everything that I could have done, is never going to eclipse the fact that that He is a merciful God. And I need His mercy. Mercy. The psalmist said, The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Jacob said to God, I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercy that you should be shown to your servant. David said, God's mercies are great. His mercies are great. Can you just stop and thank the Lord with me for a moment? About the great mercies of God. Nehemiah, who is in the whole big bunch of Israel's rubble, acknowledged God's mercy to his people when he said, Thou now manifold mercies, forsook them not. You didn't leave us in the rubble. You didn't forsake us. David said, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me. Praise God. I love lamentation, what it reads. And you got to go through a few verses of that whole lament, mournful bunch of verses there to get to this point where where the writer says in chapter 3, he says, It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. Woo! His compassions fail not. Amen. And this is that scripture that says there new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Can you remember every time you see the rising sun, remember mercy. Every time you see the setting of the sun, remember mercy. In the darkest of night, remember mercy. And God's mercy is not just based on whim, it is based on his love. Forgiveness flows out of mercy, and mercy flows out of love. He forgives us because of his mercy. Love encompasses mercy. Mercy is a physician, love is a friend. Mercy responds to need. Love acts out of affection. Mercy is reserved for the times of trouble, but his love is constant, and that's what mercy comes from, his love. He loves you. Will you say with me, he loves me? He loves me. He loves me, me. and in that love is his mercy. Amen. There is no limit to his mercy because there is no limit to his love. Mercy. Be merciful. And, and mercy has a partner. Mercy and grace walk together. Mercy and its derivatives, compassion, always deals with pain and distress, which are the result of sin. Grace addresses sin directly. Mercy deals with the symptoms of the disease. And grace deals with the disease itself. Mercy offers relief 
from punishment. Grace offers pardon for the crime. Grace removes a person's sin and mercy eliminates the punishment that is due for that sin. I need his mercy and his grace. You will find these words together in several verses, but uh, Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1 and 2 and 2 Timothy 1 and 2 and Titus 1 and 4 that grace and mercy are, are together. Amen. And in those texts, mercy holds or withholds from us what we deserve. Let me say it again. Mercy withholds from us what we deserve. Punishment. Amen. Condemnation. But grace gives us what we could never earn. Amen. I need his mercy that withholds the judgment of God. But I also need his grace. They go together. You see, brothers and sisters, to be merciful is to withhold punishment upon somebody. Withhold a rightful retaliation. But it's not just merciful in that regard. It is also letting it go by grace. Mercy and grace walk together in our life. Should not mercy and grace, when it comes to the Lord, mercy and grace walk together. Should not mercy and grace walk with us as we go about our fellow man? Mercy. Somebody say, be merciful. I want to show you an illustration of compassion and action. You know it, but permit me today to walk through Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, here's the questions again. What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he reasoning said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbors thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself. Isn't that like a lot of us? (laughs) He said unto Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering and said, a certain man. Somebody say a certain man. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came a certain priest. Somebody say a certain priest. That way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, a certain Levite, if you, if you, if you will, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan. Somebody says, certain Samaritan. As he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast of burden, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now, Jesus says, of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. Jesus was a master storyteller. 
But when you look at this text, you will notice that he uses the word certain, a certain man, a, a, a certain priest, a, a, a Levite, no doubt a certain Levite, and then a certain Samaritan. This story could have been ripped from the headlines of the Jerusalem Post. No doubt, maybe even familiar to those that are hearing it. A certain man, an, a particular man, doesn't give his name, but it was no doubt a real man and a real story that fell among thieves that stripped him of his clothes, that wounded him and left him to die, and come along a certain priest. He saw the dying man and kept on walking. Can you imagine? Maybe he gave him a little wave. Maybe he not just, just got his little prayer journal out and he's, he's praying way too you know, he's praying, so he can't be interrupted to help. And he keeps on walking. That was a certain pace. He diagnosed the condition from a distance and kept on walking. That is not being merciful. The, the Levite was even worse. The Bible said he came to where he was, so he's walking. And here's the guy that's been left for dead, and he's walking, and the priest just went on. But the Levite goes over here and, yeah, you're in bad shape. You're in terrible mess. Lord bless you. And keeps on walking. That's not being merciful. That is not being merciful. But notice, a certain Samaritan went to where he was, and he saw him and he had compassion on him. The difference is there were those that had a semblance of religion, but they had no mercy. Oh God, let us not just be Christians. Let us not just be Pentecostals or apostolic who have no compassion, but let us have compassion on the lost. Let us have compassion on those that are hurting and are wounded and need the Lord. He had compassion on him, and that compassion did what? It moved him to action. It moved him to action. Mercy has action, and mercy and grace go together in this story. He bound up the man's wounds and poured oil on them. Somebody say mercy. He rented a room for him at the inn so he could have a place to stay and recover. Somebody said grace. He did not have to buy it. He didn't have to pay for it. Don't know if he could afford it or not. Evidently not because the man went and put him in the inn. He, he praised God for the mercy of the Lord that binds up our wounds. Amen. In mercy, the Samaritan dealt with the beaten man's wounds. In grace, he provided a better condition for him. God's mercy deals with the negatives of our sin, and his grace gives us something positive to be healed and whole over. His mercy says, no hell. His mercy says, no hell. His grace says, go to heaven. Mercy says, no hell, but grace says, go to heaven. Praise be to God. Mercy gives pity and remorse and feeling, but grace gives pardon. Aren't you thankful for a compassionate Lord that shows us how to be merciful? 
The choice is before us when it comes to being merciful. And that is, are we merciful or are we judgmental? Are we merciful or are we judgmental? Merciful people are sympathetic, forgiving, gracious, loving, but neither do they tolerate sin. Mercy does not tolerate sin. Notice Psalm 37, 21. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous show mercy and giveth. Abraham mercifully helped his nephew Lot even after Abraham had been wrong by his nephew. Joseph showed mercy toward his brothers and met their needs even after they had treated him so badly. When Moses' sister Miriam rebelled against him, God afflicted her with mercy and what, or, or, or with leprosy rather. God afflicted her with leprosy. What did Moses do? He cried out for mercy. He cried out and said, Lord, heal her now. Have mercy upon her. Can I say today, oh, that we would pray for those that have done us wrong and say, God, have mercy upon them. Lord, would you have mercy? Heal them. David spared Saul's life not once but twice. He could have killed him, and they would have thought nothing of it. But David understood mercy, mercy. Micah 6 and 8, that familiar passage of Scripture says, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to love mercy. Colossians 3 and 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. What does that mean? That's something that comes from your innermost part. That's something that comes from your belly. Not just an a, a, a emotion that is here and gone, but it comes from the, the, the King James says, the bowels. Amen. From your gut, from the, the, the depth of your soul. In verse 13, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And this he says, and above all these things put on charity, which is in the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Amen. Let there be something that burns within us when it comes to mercy. Let mercy, O God, overflow. Let us speak in mercy. Let us act in compassion. Let us be moved, O God, in our gut, not by condemnation, but Lord, rather commendation. Let us not be moved by judgmental spirits and hearts, but let us be moved by compassion. How many would rather be judged and condemned or would you rather have compassion and mercy? I'd rather have compassion and mercy. I'd rather fall in that lot. Lord, if I make a mistake, let me err on the side of compassion. Praise God. Psalm 109.14 Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. That's pretty harsh. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. Why? 
because he remembered not to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and the needy that he might slay the broken in heart. You know what? God doesn't tolerate those that have and do not give, that have the opportunity to show mercy, but they don't come to the time of need. God has always identified himself with the poor and the needy. Amen. That's why it is so powerful when you get the revelation that world missions is going to a place that may be struck in poverty, may not be, but I want to help those that do not have so that they could raise to the level and be like some of our missionaries like in the Philippines now they are sending out missionaries they are going out uh, amen in Hong Kong and other parts of the world thanks be to God that's the kingdom work because one of these days should the Lord tarry we're going to need missionaries in America Proverbs 11 and 17, the merciful man doeth good to his own soul. He that is cruel troubles his own flesh. Proverbs 12 and 10, a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Paul paints this picture in the New Testament terminology when he writes to the Roman church in chapter 1, and the apostle Paul states that the ungodly are characterized by this, filled with unrighteousness, filled with fornication, filled with wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, proud, insolent, boasters, Inventor of evil things, he calls them disobedient parents without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable. But he ends his last statement about these that characterize the ungodly. His last statement is unmerciful. Unmerciful. Oh, Lord, we need to have mercy in, in, in this hour with people that are hot-headed and angry and filled with antichrist spirits. We don't retaliate in kind. We don't retaliate in the level of the heat of the moment. God, give us wisdom in this hour. We will face those that are under the influence of the antichrist spirit, a, denom a, a, a demonic world thinking that we need to have an answer but the most thing that would help us I believe would be that we're merciful and our words are chosen with God's compassion we, we need mercy we have received mercy let's give mercy there are many scriptures calling believers to be merciful you can look them up like Romans 15 1 25 through 27, 2 Corinthians, Galatians 6, Ephesians 4, Colossians 3, amen. And mercy is shown in a multiple ways, in multiple and various ways. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17, we find it is mentioned directly about how we should respond. The, the verse says, but whosoever <clears throat> hath the world's good... And see his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels 
of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God. Who is it that has the compassion and then, Brother Chris, they, they have a knob and turn it off. They shut up. They've got it. And they see their brother in need, not even a stranger, not even a person in the world, but they see their brother in need and they turn it off. I want to thank God that MPC is a merciful, giving church. Amen. That when you see our brother and sister in need, and on many times we have done it, sometimes anonymously, and you have been so generous. Thank God for people that can say, I'm going to be moved by compassion. I'm not going to shut off the knob if I don't just, just feel a certain way. I'm going to make sure my compassion is moved to action. Second Samuel records with the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. James says, God shall have judgment without mercy on them that show no mercy. Jesus recorded in Matthew 6, 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And he went on to say, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you your trespasses. We need to be merciful. He, the Proverbs write, that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Happy is he. Can you thank the Lord for mercy? I'm going to talk to you about how you can invest in your own mercy. The book of Luke records in chapter 6 and 35, but love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. Whew. Lord, you really want me to do that? Mm. Years ago, my, uh, my parents, when I was, I was not even born, but my parents, my three older brothers, welcomed in a man to our house that was a, uh, a criminal who just got out of jail, trying to get his life back together. They helped him get a job, and he lived with our house. And, and my brother, uh, Van, had a little scooter, <clears throat> a little scooter, one of those you sit on, that, you know, it's got the, the front up that comes like that, and your feet, and you rattle, you know what I'm talking about, those little scooters. And, and so our family went on a trip, and when they come back, the man was gone, and the scooter was gone. This was in northeast Texas. They found out not too many days later from the uh, Oklahoma State Police they had found my, my brother's scooter burnt to a crisp. And my dad, sometimes I just wish he wasn't so spiritual. <clears throat> but my dad looked at my brother Van and he said, Son, let's just mark this down as a missionary endeavor. I think that fits what Jesus is saying. Sometimes you give to people and they don't give you back. Sometimes you're kind to people and they don't give it back. Just mark it down as a missionary endeavor and go on. I need an amen on that. And then he said, your reward shall be great and ye shall be the children of the highest when you do that. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. 
Our Father is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Then he says, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Giving mercy is an investment on future needs of mercy in my own life. When I show mercy now, I'm going to reap mercy later. When I show that I'm not condemning now, I'm going to reach a, a no condemnation later. When I forgive now, I'm investing in tomorrow's forgiveness. It's not just about what happened yesterday. It's about what is going to happen tomorrow. So I invest in mercy now. I need to be merciful now so that tomorrow when I need mercy, it will be there. And I'll show you how that is proven in the next verse. 38. We often hear this about offerings, but it really has nothing to do with offerings other than the principal works, but this is the crux of this text. Give. Give what? Mercy. Forgiveness. No judgment. Give what? And it shall be given unto you. Somebody ought to shout over that. Good measure, not just given to you, but good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Can I tell you, you'll never go wanting and wasting being merciful. You'll never go wanting and wasting being forgiving. You will never go wanting and wasting uh, not condemning people and judging people, amen, in the wrong sense of the word. Oh, thank you, God, today. I want to be merciful. I want that attitude of mercy, not just human sympathy, but kingdom. Woo, praise be to God. No wonder Jesus said the promise of that text is, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That's the way it works. Give, and it shall be given to you. Hallelujah. Need a little bit of forgiveness? Let's give some. Need a little bit of mercy. Let's give some. Right now, I want to thank the Lord that I made it through this entire lesson without losing my voice. Praise God. I tried to keep my speed, you know, not getting too, too, too rambunctious with my voice, but uh, thank you for being merciful when my voice is gone. Or when my voice cracks, thank you. But God gives us mercy when we become merciful. Would you stand with me, please? Anybody beside me needs some mercy? Anybody beside me needs some forgiveness? Anybody besides me want, want freedom from condemning judgment? Not, not, not judgment that is meant for my redemption, but meant for my demise. I, I, want, I want to make sure that I'm sowing the right thing so I will reap the right thing. Blessed are the merciful because they're sowing mercy and they shall obtain mercy. Mercy's coming down the road for you. 
I said mercy's coming down the road for you. Can you lift up your voices right now? Come on, let's take this to the Lord. Let's take this to the Lord. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.